the other thing about this is uh, most of you, I think, go to either 9.30 or 11 o'clock. And so I, I just need to apologize to you because 8 o'clock is my, like, try the sermon out time the first time through, you know. And then I fix it for 9.30 and 11. And so <laughs> you guys are going to get tortured because this, this is the first time. I mean, I've gone through it, but I've gone through it in my office with nobody. When you do it with a live audience, there's just a difference. I, I like that's part of what I like about it, you know. Sometimes I, the 8 o'clock service, I go through it, and I think something's really hilariously funny, and it's like they're just staring at me. I'm like, okay, that's going out, you know. Or you say something accidentally that they think is really funny, so you put that in, you know, uh, and so uh, that's just, uh, just a, a part of it. So uh, are we ready? Are we, Ian, we got it all uh, back there? All right. So I'll do a little bit of a bumper ahead of this, uh, and then I'll just, I'm just going to come in here. Boy, this feels nervous now. I don't know why. I've never, I have a packed house that doesn't make me nervous, but a camera and just a few people does a little bit, so. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm glad you're here today. Uh, welcome to Generations Community. My name is Craig, and I'm the preaching pastor here. Uh, if you don't know me, uh, I'm unfortunately unable to be with you this morning, uh, but I am looking forward to sharing God's Word uh, with you. Uh, we've been in a, in a teaching series we're calling Very Good, uh, and it's all about Genesis chapter 1, where God goes all the way through creation and says it's good, it's good, it's good, and then he gets down to the very end and he says it's very good. Uh, and that's where God intended us to live, is in that very good place. And, and I know, I know, I'm, I'm buying into culture here uh, that has a tendency to say uh, the good life is the, the wealthy life or the life of power or the life of celebrity. And, and I'm not against any of those things. If you have those things in your life, use them for the kingdom of God. That's why God's given them to you. But that is not what God calls the very good life. The very good life in the Bible is all about relationship with God and relationship with one another. Loving God, loving people is the way uh, Jesus said that. And the, the closer we can get to that, the more we move towards the very good life, in many ways, the better our lives are. Uh, and so this whole sermon series is about uh, working towards the very good uh, lives for us. And, and last week, we, we kind of kicked off a section within a section, and I said uh, that I'm calling the, the three sermons, this will be the second one, uh, the very good life, some assembly required, uh, because it doesn't just happen out of the blue. It, it happens by, by working at the kingdom, by being a follower of Christ. Jesus called the disciples to come and to follow him, and, and they had to learn, and they had to grow, and they got it wrong sometimes, and sometimes they got it way wrong, and he got in trouble, and he always picked them up and, and, and kept them going, uh, but through it all, they became more and more like Christ, and the very good life showed up more and more uh, in, in their lives, and so Last week we kind of kicked it off uh, with, uh, with talking about the Bible and we kind of talked about that as the map uh, to where God wants to take us uh, in our lives. It's the direction for us and, and so uh, we talked about how it's kind of hard to find where you're going to go without the map and so uh, that, was, that was fun for me. I got to play with the map. Uh, it, it was, I, was, I got to tell you though, after, after the service um, I, I kind of got my comeuppance at all of that because those maps for me are always hard to fold up and somebody in the church after the 11 o'clock service brought it up to me it was all folded up and he said I know how to fold a map and I thought oh well that was really cool and then it dawned on me he's a Google engineer so of course you know he would know how to do that you know, it takes a Google engineer in order to actually fold one of those 
one of those maps. So um, this week we are going to kind of take the next step and we're going to talk uh, about the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God or Jesus' Spirit or, or whatever you want to call it. I know we like to say in the church Holy Spirit because that's kind of the way the Bible talks about it. But sometimes that's a little insider language. You know, if you're, you have no relationship to the church at all or anything, the Holy Spirit sounds like something out of a Spielberg movie. You know, it's kind of, oh, I don't know about that. Uh, so wh whatever you want to call it, we want to talk about the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and I've told you that in many ways this is really, um, the Holy Spirit is kind of the GPS. If, if, if the Bible is the map, the Holy Spirit is the, the GPS. And so I'm going to give you a little GPS test uh, together and see uh, if you can, you can figure out uh, where, where these locations are. Because how many of you have used GPS? Have you all used GPS? Yeah, lots of you used GPS at one point. So, um, so uh, this is our, kind of our spiritual GPS is what the Holy Spirit is. Uh, so anyone know where that is? That's Vatican City. That's, that's where that is. So um, I, I, this is a little easier. How about, how about this one? Yeah, here we go. That, that's, that's the White House. You, you don't get this? You all said you use GPS, you know. Okay, so, so here, here's the, how about, how about this one? Anyone know what that is? That is where you are right here. That's the church. That's, that's the, this location. And so, so, you know, when you look at those numbers, you kind of go, well, how is that helpful? And, and that's exactly right. Here, here's what I, I know about GPS, and that is this. Um, GPS is worthless without a map, right? Those coordinates didn't help you a lot. You need some electronic thing to put it on a little map so you know uh, where you are. It's just a string of numbers for latitude and longitude. Uh, and so it, it, the, these two things go together, the, 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 the long, latitude and longitude you get electronically and, and putting it on a map. In fact, if you've ever used a paper map, you open it up and the very first question you ask is, where am I on this map, right? That's Because until you figure that out, nothing else really matters. And so uh, what GPS does in, in so many ways is it tells you where you are. That's the first thing it does. You are here, right? And in fact, you know when this goes wrong, if you're in downtown Seattle with all those tall buildings, sometimes it has trouble locating itself. And it says you're someplace you're not, you know, and so you don't know, should I turn right? Should I turn left? Should I go forward? Whatever. But, but what, Holy, what the Holy Spirit does in many ways is that same sort of function. It says you are here. The Holy Spirit can be brutally honest about where you are, but it says you are here. And the good news is you've been found. God's got you in this. And then out of the GPS, you can lay the, the, the path to get where it is uh, that God wants you to be or whatever the coordinates you've punched in uh, to your, your GPS. I, in a mind, you know, I have an automatic locator for home and for work and a few of those uh, sorts of things. And so um, here's the truth. GPS and maps always work best together, Right? They always work best together. You need the, the two of them together. And so uh, in spiritual sense, I would say it this way. The Spirit of God always works through the context of the Bible. And I don't mean to re-preach last Sunday, but I, I need you to get this in order to understand how the Holy Spirit works. And that is the Holy Spirit works within the confines of, of, of Scripture. The Spirit will never direct you to do something contrary to the teaching of Scripture. Say that again. The Holy Spirit will never direct you to do something contrary to the teaching of Scripture. So if you come to me in my office and you say, you know, hey, pastor, I've been praying about this. I just, I've been praying about it a lot, you know, and financially it's been really, really hard for us. And you know financially it's been hard for us. And, and so I want you to join me in praying with us so we can get clear about what the Spirit's saying. And, and I just feel like the Spirit's saying it's okay for me to rob a bank so I can solve my financial problems. And I'm going to say to you, we don't need to pray. 
you know. And you can say, but we got to pray to find out what the Spirit, nope, we don't need to pray to find out what the Spirit is, is saying in all of that. The, the, the Word of God says, thou shalt not Still, yeah, you, you get that. You, you, you can't, so we, we don't need to do that. And, and, and honestly, that, that's just such an important sort of thing for us that we understand that. And, and I've, I've even had people get offended at me sometimes when they're kind of sharing with me what's going on. And I say, well, what does Scripture say about that? And they look at me like I've asked a stupid question, and I want to say, no, that is the first question. And so there is a layering in how we understand God's will and direction in our lives. And it starts with, with Scripture, and then the next level up is the, the Spirit of the living God. And those two work in concert together. You really can't understand Scripture until you have the Spirit in your life. He, turns, he interprets it. And you really can't understand the Spirit outside of the context of, of the Word of God uh, in that. And so uh, that, that's the design. The Spirit of God always works through the context of the Bible. And then second, uh, the, the better you understand Scripture, the more clearly you will be able to hear the Spirit because they, because they work together. And, and when, you, when you can hear the Spirit through the context of understanding Scripture, it begins to make a little more sense to you and how God works in the world. And this is where I, I think many times in our personal lives, uh, the Old Testament can be very, very powerful. Because when God calls you to do something, you're going, no way, there's just a, and then the, the Bible, will, the Spirit will bring up Old Testament stories where God calls people to do crazy stuff, you know. What do you mean you want me to go over to Nineveh and preach, you know, and you end up in the belly of a whale and you go, hey, that crazy stuff. And so uh, the, the better you understand Scripture, the more clearly you will be able to hear uh, the Spirit in your life. Um, and, and in fact, it's important that you understand that you need to identify the Holy Spirit from all the other voices in the world. In fact, First um, John, which was written very, very late, uh, says this. First John 4.1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. And the implication of this verse is that there are things that will come to you that sound like God. That there are, there are spirits where you go, I, I think that's what, you know, if, if the spirit is telling you to rob a bank, okay, you need to test that spirit, okay? And if you test it against the word, and actually what you test it against is the word of God. Does this jive with what the word of God says uh, and, and how he guides me? And so scripture becomes the filter through which we understand that. And, and then I'll just give you a, just kind of a personal piece of wisdom that I have learned over the years uh, when wondering when it seems like the spirit's speaking to me and, and how, how that all works. Basically, I, I find that, that if I feel like the spirit's telling me to do something selfish, it's probably not from God. <laughs> but if he's telling me to go and serve someone, Almost always that is from God. That's just kind of become a quick rule uh, of thumb for me. So having that foundation then, uh, what is the work of the Spirit of God? Uh, what, what is, what's, what's the role of the Spirit in, in our lives and guiding us? And because it's kind of a strange thing with us. It's not easy to get a hold of. You know, not very many times does the Spirit kind of show up in people's lives. I, I have never seen an angel or anything like that in my life and Yet I've walked with the Lord all of my life. And so here, here's what Scripture teaches us about, about the Spirit, and that is this. The Spirit of Jesus both guides and empowers us. Guides and empowers us. Say, guides and empowers us. Yes. Uh, and so uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts uh, chapter 1, verse 8. And I want to kind of 
uh, look at this. We're going to look at a couple of passages here together. Um, and so let me give you the context a little bit. Uh, Jesus is about to return to the Father. He has, he has lived his life. He's taught. Uh, he has died for us. He has been raised from the dead, broke the power of sin and death. Jesus is alive. Somebody say amen. Okay. Uh, he has now been back and revealed himself to them and been teaching them. And he is just about ready to go back to heaven, right? And in fact, he's, he tells them, I have to go back so that the Spirit can come. Now you have to understand for a first century Jew, for the Spirit to come was kind of strange language because they didn't do a whole lot of that spiritual kind of out there stuff. It was very much the Torah and the law and follow. So, so the, the Scripture, they had that, that pretty well down. But that wasn't enough. They needed more than that to guide them. And that's what the importance of the Scripture or of the Spirit comes in with guiding and empowering us in the, the process. And Jesus is kind of trying to say to them, everything you understood about how this works is about to change. It's, it's going to be a whole new thing. The, the rule of law is gone and the rule of the Spirit has come. Now, that doesn't mean it throws out the rule of the law. Okay, the, the law has been fulfilled and the Spirit will speak the same things that that did, but in this whole new kind of way that's powerful. And so... Um, sending the Holy Spirit to you. The, in fact, the Holy Spirit's called the Helper. I love that the Holy Spirit's called the Helper. I, I've used that against the Holy Spirit a number of times. Hey, you're the Helper. You need to jump in here, okay, and help me in this, this situation. So, um, so uh, then, then after he kind of gives them those instructions, the last thing he kind of says to them is wait. Uh, go to Jerusalem and wait. And that's a really important message, and I don't want to go too far off on that. But, but the implication is there, don't try to do this, the, the, follow Jesus without the power of the Spirit. If you try to do this on your own, it will crush you. And it will result often in legalism. It goes back to that, keep all the rules, do all these things, all that sort of, sort of stuff. And so uh, wait, wait for the Spirit to come and then let the Spirit have control. And so Acts 1.8 uh, says this, but you will receive power. Ooh, sounds good so far. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witness, and actually that word in Greek is the word that eventually comes down to us as martyr, so don't get too excited about that. In Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, now that would have been a big one because nobody likes Samaritans, and then all the way to the end of the earth. And this is a very common, everyone knows this uh, as a part of the, the Great Commission uh, to us. And so I, I kind of want to work down through this because this is all about what the Spirit does. It's all about how the Spirit works in our lives. And so uh, the first thing it talks about is you will be my witness all over the place, everywhere, all around the world. Uh, and we know enough church history now to know that the church literally would eventually just spread out to the far, far corners uh, of the world. Christianity is just everywhere uh, in, in the world. Uh, but, but the truth of the matter is, and, and obviously, you can't be everywhere. I mean, if you've ever had children, you know you can't even be everywhere in your house at the same time, let around everywhere all around, around the world. Uh, and so it's not saying that you personally, in fact, in, in the Greek, the language is plural, second person plural, you, all of you. We don't have that in, really in English except in the South, where they say y'all, you know, y'all will be my witnesses uh, all around, around the world. And so here's how I think this works out. Uh, the Spirit will guide you to your place in God's plan. The Spirit will guide you to your place in God's plan. Amen? You understand your place and the very good life is what happens in the context uh, of God's plan and how he works. And, and not everyone goes to the same place, okay? And not everyone has the, the same place. Uh, in fact, one of the most common metaphors for the church, for the body of Christ, is literally the body of Christ, right? 
you know, some of you are hands and some of you are feet and some of you are ears and some of you are eyes and some of you are noses and some of you are, well, we could just go on and on with that and get into all kinds of trouble. But, but the idea is that each of you have a, have a different function uh, within in the body of Christ and that is by design. And so one of the things that's always funny for me, because I really struggled with this as a young Christian, is this envy of what God has called somebody else to be, right? It's always, you know, I want, I want that gift, Lord, uh, you know, and I've shared with you before. Uh, we had in the church I grew up uh, a family called the Woodruffs, and they were extraordinarily gifted musically. And I always wanted to be Gary Woodruff, because Gary had this beautiful voice. He's, a, he's actually a worship pastor in Spokane at this point in, in his life. And, you know, he just sang, and it was so wonderful. And all the girls went, oh, you know. And so there was that, too. That's the spiritual gift you want to have, right, you know, when you're a teenage boy anyway. And, and so, but, but I never had that. I, I could play the piano, and I could do some of those sorts of things, but, but I just never had that gift. Uh, and, and in many ways, my, my desire for that gift took, made it longer before I found what my gift was. And my gift is probably in teaching and leading, but people just don't ask me to sing a lot. You know, they're like, you talk pretty good, but let's not sing, okay? You know? um, and so it's so important that you understand that the Spirit will guide you to your place, but your place is in the context of the larger work of the, the body of Christ. And so God has a place for you. It looks different from my place. It looks different from the place of the person next to you. It looks different from the place of your spouse. Everybody has different gifts and graces. My wife and I have very different gifts and graces. I love to be in front of people and to teach and to preach. And the bigger the crowd, the better I like it. She hates it. She absolutely hates it. In fact, when I asked her to marry me, the one condition was that I wouldn't drag her up on the platform, right? You know, it's like, okay. But you know what she loves? She loves children. She can have a whole bunch of children and she just loves to speak and share with them. I get in front of a bunch of children and I'm like, oh no, you know, because it just goes sideways all the time when I, when I try that thing. But, but we each have our, our place. So, um, I'm a, I'm a preacher teacher. There are some people that are musicians and there are tech people and, and greeters and ushers and children's workers and teen workers and parking lot greeters and security and coffee shop and administrative and video live and video production. And that's just to pull off Sunday. That's one day of the week. And all the other gifts that go in so many places around here. Some of you serve in other places. Some of you have gifts in, in giving or, or in, in understanding people or facility maintenance. Or some of you work with the homeless and the poor. And we have some people in our church that volunteer to teach kids to read in, a, in the school district around here. And so we, we all have that. And, and so not only do we have different gifts, but sometimes different seasons of life we have different things. I, I was 35 before I got out of the marketplace and became a pastor, and, and part of me in my stupidness uh, thought that that, were, that was wasted years, and it wasn't until later that I realized that some of my most effective ministry happened in those years, when I was in the marketplace doing all of those sorts, sorts of things. And, and so for so some of you, it, it happens in different time. I know people who have been missionaries for a time. My daughter was a missionary for a time, and my son-in-law. The good thing that came out of that is they met each other, and we're hoping for grandkids someday. And uh, so, you know, maybe it's a different thing for you. Maybe uh, I've known people that have been pastors for a time. Um, you know, there, there's a season of life when you're raising small children, and maybe your whole ministry is just not killing them, okay? Getting them into a, a adulthood. That's why God made them cute, okay? You know, but, but that season will be over, and then that may be a different thing. And, and then there's this whole empty nest thing. That's a really big gift from God, this empty nest and retirement thing. That hasn't existed before. God can do special things through that time because because 
is, were available. And so there's this whole sense in which the Spirit guides you to the place uh, in God's plan, okay? Uh, and so uh, finding God's will for your life is essential to living the very good life. This is key to how you, we live the life. Uh, you are not an accident. You, you are here on, on purpose. And God has a purpose and a design and a meaning for your life that he had before you were born. Before you were conceived, he, he had that in mind. It says before the earth was formed, he, he knew you. And, and I'm going to be really frank with you, just kind of my own place in my life. I have discovered real new insight into this. And this is just kind of back into my own experience. You all know uh, I've got the cancer going on and now it's a worse cancer and i got to start blah, 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 blah. And the reality that this may take my life. And one of the things, if this gets bad, I'm going to say to my children is this. I'm going to say, I want you to tell my grandchildren they were loved before they were born. Because I love my grandchildren before. I have the whole new insight into God and, and his sense uh, of you were created. You were loved before you were born. Don't look at me like that. That is the gospel truth. You were loved before you were, say I was, look, no, no, no. Say to your person next to you, you were loved before God, before you were born. And no matter how much other stuff you have in your life, no matter how much brokenness, any of that, you, you are where God wants you to be and he loves you and he has a will for you uh, in his life. And so um, the Spirit, God's Spirit guides us away from danger. This is another aspect of it, that where the Holy Spirit takes us into new places where we hadn't been before. And I, and I really think the Spirit of God does this even to people who are not believers. Uh, how many of you have ever had like an intuitive experience where you just knew something was wrong, Right? Yeah, and, and a lot of people who even aren't believers aren't that. And they, today they will tell you, trust your instincts, right? I think that's the spirit of the living God that kind of goes off and says, whoa, 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 whoa. You cannot see over the horizon, but I can. And do not go there. Go this other direction in your life. And over and over and again in my life, and sometimes with great pain, I have learned to trust how the Spirit speaks to me. He guides me uh, through those, those parts uh, of my life. Uh, and so he, he does this in all sorts of ways. Sometimes it's, it's pretty clear. I've had some times where the Lord was really clear about how he wanted me to go a direction or not go a direction. Usually I was very hard-headed about it, and he had to really get me down on the floor and twist my arm up between my shoulder blades to get me to do it. But, but, but he, was, he was guiding me in that and he guided Paul and the apostles in so many wonderful ways. So I want to come back to now to this, this text we started with. But you will receive power. So we started with you will be witnesses, how it works out individually. So now I'm going to back up to you will receive power. And the word here for power is the word we get the English word dynamite from. Any of you ever blasted off a stick of dynamite, a full stick of dynamite? It creates one really big bang. It's a really, it's a big and it's, it's very, very destructive. Uh, in fact, I, it's, I, most of my son was a, a chem, is chemist and so for a while he was kind of studying some of those things and he said it's really hard for him to watch TV now because people are always getting blown up and get, get up from that. And he said actually there's a shock wave that comes off that that would kill you if you're very close at all to that sort of thing. And so when we use the word you will receive power, this is a strong word for power. You are going to receive great power. And it's not just any kind of power, it's power, it's spiritual power. You have at your disposal spiritual power. You have at your disposal the spirit of the living God. There is no greater power than that. I, I think sometimes we need to talk about this, this more. And I, I know we don't because people have kind of misused this and tried to, to use the power for their own. But, but I want you to know that the power to accomplish God's purposes in your life is available to you today. 
today to do what he wants you to do. The power is there. Follow him. He has given you the path and he has given you the power. What more do you need? The next step is start moving. Start moving in the direction that Christ would have you go. In fact, I would go so far as to say only God's power can accomplish God's purposes. You can't do it outside of your own power. In fact, history is littered with the smoking wreckage of those who tried to fulfill God's will without God's power. It just, it, it never works off. It works off. In fact, you cannot solve a spiritual problem with a programmatic answer. You can't. If it's a spiritual problem, you have to solve it with a spiritual answer. And the temptation is sometimes to substitute that. We get direction from the Spirit, and then we're going to make it happen our way. Am I the only one like that? I'm kind, of a, I'm kind of a driven person, and it's like, okay, I know the Lord wants me to go here, so I'm going to go there. And then I kind of get ahead of the Spirit, and that has never worked out very well for me. It's God's power to accomplish uh, His purposes in, in our lives. And so... Um, our design specs call for the presence of God in our lives. And this is, this is where it really comes down to the, where the rubber meets the road. We need, we need the guidance of the Spirit. We need the power of the Spirit. But ultimately, we were designed by God to live in relationship with the Spirit. Remember last week we talked about how uh, being fitted together. And, and really what that talks about is being fitted together with God and fitted together with one another. We are designed that we do not live well on our own. And I don't just mean physically on our own. I mean we need to live in intimate relationship with one another and, and with God. We, we complement one another. We complete one another. I love the Genesis passage with, with Adam and Eve, and she is his completer. Not his subordinate, but his completer. There's something about this, you know. And <laughs> it's kind of a joke on me with my... my when I first met Jody and I was writing my mom uh, about her and telling her all, all about her. And all of a sudden, my mom, who had never met Jody at this point, just goes crazy about this girl. He's like, she's like, wow, I, we really love her. We really think you're better with her. We really, you know, da, da, da. all of a sudden it's like, I think they like her more than me, you know. And that was because they saw that she completed me. There was something in that that it fit and it worked. And 35 years later, it still fits and it, it still works. And so you, you are designed for the presence of God in your lives to make you uh, into who he would have you to be. And so let, let me say this to you. Uh, embrace the power and follow the path. This is the application. And I don't know how to say it any more clearly than that. Embrace the power God has given you and follow the path the Spirit has laid out for you. And the whole thing comes down to that. In fact, let's say this together, okay? Embrace the power and follow the path. And, and that's, that's how Jesus worked from that point forward. From that moment forward, the first part of Acts is Jesus saying, wait. And they did what they were told. They waited. And then the Holy Spirit came. And frankly, it just all broke loose from there. 3,000 men in one day. And it would just go on and on and on and all around the world. And so I, I, I just, I don't know where you're at in your, your spiritual journey, but, but it is the power of the Holy Spirit that makes the difference. And it breaks my heart as a pastor when I see people, it's all become about rules. It's all become about the Word. And you know I'm really dedicated to the Word of God. But if it's just the Word, you're missing out on the fun part. You're stuck back in the old way of doing things. And the Spirit wants to turn you free. And He wants to bring that book alive. And He wants to bring your life alive. And He wants to give you the very good life. Not necessarily the easy life. 
Not necessarily always the fun life, but the very good life, the life that's satisfying. And I, I just believe with all of my heart that without God, you will never fully realize all that God has for you. You can, you can have a good life. You can have lots of people that are not followers of Christ who live their lives and it's pleasant and it's, it's you know, nice and, and they kind of go through, but, but they often go through their life realizing something is missing. There's something more. I don't know what it is. There's something, there's kind of a, sometimes we talked about that as a God-shaped hole in their lives and there's certainly some truth to that. But I, I think it is that, that they've missed out on the good life that God wants from their purpose, their design, the direction that he has for the, him. And, and so, the truth is you can't create the good life without God. You can be smart and hardworking and wise and do a lot of that, but you need union with the eternal God. That's the thing that makes it all work out. And, and, and in a certain sense, I guess, in which heaven, that's what heaven is. It's the full and complete realization of union with the eternal God. But there's a union with the eternal God through the spirit of the living God that we can have in this life in this time, in this place that makes it the very good life. And so I, I, just, I just want to encourage you and say to you uh, this morning, open the door of your life to the spirit of the living God. O open the door and say, come in. I, I, I need that. He'll never force himself into your life. It just doesn't work like that. You have, you have this wonderful, awful thing called free will. I think it's what makes us like God, and he'll never, never override that. You have to invite him into your life. And so this morning I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray in, in just a minute, and, and I know most of you have experienced God in your life. You've become a follower of Christ, and, but, but as, I, as I pray, I, I really want to encourage you to, um, to just open yourself completely to the Spirit of God, to let him take full control of your life. And you're like, oh, that's scary. Yeah, it is scary. But he's God. He can see over the horizon. He wants something for you, not something from you. He knows where the dangers are. He can give you the very good life. So let the Spirit come in and let him take full control. And if you do that this morning as I pray, I want to encourage you to do a couple things. I want you, I encourage you to tell someone who's a follower of Jesus what you did this morning. Maybe someone trusted. And then in a minute we're going to take the offering. Uh, and I want to encourage you to, to mark on your connection card that, that you're interested in accepting Christ. And we'll do some follow-up with you because we want to help you on your spiritual journey uh, and where you're at in that. And if you're a guest, uh, please put a card in as well. We'd love to have the opportunity to get to know you. Uh, but I but but I just want to say to you, open the door of your life to the spirit of the living God. Open the door of your life to the spirit of the living God. Let me pray for you. Father God, Lord, my life so radically changed that night when I knelt at an altar and I said, you can have it all. And what had been the study of the word and had been rules and regulations all of a sudden came alive in ways that I didn't ever think was possible. And following you has been wild and crazy and often I've resisted you because you didn't go where I thought I should go. And yet, Father, I have never regretted following you. And I have had the opportunity to live the very good life. And so I pray, Father, especially for that one that's struggling here this morning. They, they realize that there's something missing. They realize that, that you have been at work in their life, the intuition, the, the ways you've gone before them and protected them. They see your hand in, your, in their lives, and yet they don't quite know what to do with all of that. Father, I just pray that your spirit 
would speak to their heart, Father, and right now they would just open the door and ask you to come into their lives, Father, and make a difference, to forgive the past, Lord, to to set aside any struggle with you over power as to who's going to be in charge, Father, and to let you rule and reign in their lives, Father, to, to have that union with you. Bless them and guide them, I pray, Father, and bless these good people, and we ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. All right. Thank you very much. That was so much better with you.